Hey everybody and welcome to an honorable wild ride with Steve-O. We've got the uncrowned king of the UFC lightweight division, Dustin the Diamond Poirier, who's just such a great dude with so much integrity and a badass fighter. Now, speaking of integrity, let me tell you about how I shave my face, alright? I don't ever shave my face with any products that are not made by Harry's, okay? They make the highest quality razor blades, which last for the longest time, and they make them totally affordable. True story, I've been using Harry's on my own for like, man, coming up on two years, like way before they ever approached me about a partnership, man. And I love them because I used to buy these crazy expensive useless razors that like lit up and vibrated and did all this dumb stuff. And I didn't need it, man. I have a closer, faster, better shave since I started using Harry's. And when you go to harrys.com slash stevo, you can get a starter kit, which comes with the weighted ergonomic handle, the five-blade razor, a travel case for the razor to keep it from messing with anything in your bag, and the foaming shave gel. And what is that, a value of $13 because they're so affordable, except with this deal, you get it for only 3 Plus, you get a 100% money-back guarantee. If you don't like any of it, just send it on back, and there's no questions asked. But, dude, I love this company. It's all I use. I actually need a shave right now. So, while I shave, you go to harrys.com slash stevo and get this $13 value starter kit for just 3 bucks and start shaving. Feeling good about it. Now... Let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Dustin Poirier. Yeah, dude. So, Dustin, this is my co-host Scott Randolph. Up in the front of the van, we've got the gorgeous Paul Brisky. We were talking hot sauce before you came in. Good, man. Yeah, I've got a busy yeah. morning this morning. And, dude, th thank you for doing this. Well, oh, thanks for having me on, man. What would you say if uh, I think that you're the actual lightweight champion of the world. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm not, brother. I, uh, Charles Oliveira is. Right. But I, know. I do have, I do have 25 minutes to make it possible. Make it, make me uh, the undisputed world champion in December. So. Right, and that's already set now for 267. Is that right? Yeah, I just signed the contract and sent it back off this week. So everything's finalized on my end. Okay, good. And uh, do we already have a line on that? Because I'm guessing that you're a huge favorite. I think uh, I saw somebody on the internet, maybe Chell or somebody talking on ESPN saying that the line came out and I was a favorite, but I don't know by how much, you know. Okay. Now, that's interesting. I wouldn't uh, – I, I know you as a guy who goes out of his way to avoid, like, really seeing a lot of stuff on the internet and social media. I, I usually do. Like, I, I – try to avoid stuff like that, but I was opened up YouTube and you know, they recommended it to me and it said something like Chelsea and it was about my fight. So I had, to, it was three minutes. So I had to click on it and check it out. Yeah. Okay. You know, chill. I, 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 I listen to a lot. We all, we do Scott and I, we, we, we like Chael's videos on YouTube. Yeah. Um, he's a, 
a, a fun personality, man. As a, <laughs> as a UFC fighter, is there like a trusted source for YouTubers like Chael or anybody else that like reports on the news of MMA that, that you would find most credible or accurate? Probably Ariel, right? Yeah, I, I, I usually just talk to Ariel and uh, my management ha has, you know, can find out anything we want. So I, I, I'll text Ariel straight up personally, but that's that's who I usually reach out to. Yeah, I like Ariel, man. I, like I, I, I hate to see all of this beef thing going on with uh, Brendan Schaub and Dude, for, Ariel. I, I don't know what their deal is at all. I haven't looked into it, but I know for sure Ariel's been straight with me. You know, anytime I've asked him something or he's told me something, it's, you know, it's checked out for the most part. And like I'm kind of a very casual. Like, what's Ariel's story? Like he he was just sort of like kept trying to get his way in and has really planted himself as like a staple in the UFC. But was it not always that way? Like, how did he get where he is? Not not just the UFC. I think he was just a mixed martial arts um, media member forever. Yeah. You know, uh -huh. journalist and um, did a great job and kind of progressed ladder until he started getting his own shows now and, and he's big enough to run his own platform and his own thing so good for him nice. yeah yeah he's, he's he's killing it yeah so so where are you at yeah. right now are you in louisiana yeah i'm in louisiana i fly out tomorrow morning so i'm, I'm like packing uh i'm trying to get all these loose ends put away you know because i'm going to be leaving for nine weeks yeah that's because so, so you're going to start your camp for the Oliveira fight and that means you're going to coconut creek florida yeah, so tomorrow morning I fly out from Louisiana to Coconut Creek, Florida, and I'm probably going to spend eight weeks there, and I'll spend the final week in Las Vegas. Right, and and uh, Coconut Creek, so, the, so that's American Top Team? Yeah, that's the Amer so American Top Team has a lot of satellite gyms all over the U.S. and globally now, but uh, Coconut Creek is the headquarters. That's like the, the big mecca yeah. of, of where all the, yeah, the, the main guys go. This is Dan Lambert's op operation. Yeah, exactly. And he's in there every day. He's running it. He's got a podcast now. Oh, cool, man! So, uh, you're like now American Top Team notably has you. I mean, they got like a million people, but but really yeah. notably, Masvidal and Colby Covington were there. Colby Covington since yeah, left. Yeah, Masvidal's still there. We got uh, Amanda Nunez, Pedro Munoz, uh, Joanna. Yeah, dude, I don't want to. There's so many people I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss people, but I mean, it's full of full of the biggest stars in mixed martial arts. Right. So, um, so when you go to Coconut Creek, Florida, to start your camp, do you bring your family with you? I kind of um, now that my daughter's in kindergarten, so this is the first training camp where she's in school. You know, she's always been in preschool and and Mother's Day out type of things. The, all the the previous years, so she's in school now. We have to get everything in place to have a tutor come to our house every day and keep her on the same curriculum. But uh, they, they come with me the whole time. Now, this this trip, I'm going to probably do two and a half weeks by myself, kind of get tempered out there, get used to the workload, get in my groove, and then they're going to come meet me for the remaining camp. Right. Okay, good, man. Yeah. Do you have a lot of weight to lose for the next fight, or are you pretty on point normally throughout the year? No, I, I, I always have a good bit to lose. I'm probably... At 180 pounds or right under 178. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And what do you have Plenty of time, you know. It's got to get down to 155. Uh, all right. Yeah, it's a title fight, so 155 on the dot. Um, Mac, my max weight, even outside of training camp, drinking beer, eating food, I'm like 182 is like the heaviest I get. So um, 
you know, I don't get, it sounds a lot to you guys, but like these other fighters that I'm around on a daily basis, that's not a, that big of a deal. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a lot to us. <laughs> I wish I was overweight and like, you know, 182, 185. <laughs> We're slobs. No, talk, no talking about the, uh, the difference to where right, I need right, to be, right, the right, weight right, loss. Right, right. It's a pretty big, it seems like a lot to the average guy, but guys who've been manipulating their body and making weight for years and years know that it's it's very doable. Right, I mean, it's all water, right? That's why the sauna plays in so much. And Yeah, it's all water for me, too. Yeah, the- <laughs> <laughs> so has to pee really bad. <laughs> it's, uh, the final stretch is water, but throughout training camp, these next nine weeks, I'm going to slowly, you know, go down and weight, uh, over the weeks but the last push like the i would say the last 10 pounds is is water out there in vegas yeah so yeah what is what does training look like for you like is it like you know rocky one where you're like the first day you get out of bed like fuck and you jog and then it starts getting slowly ramping up and are you like hitting it pretty hard day one two a day workouts and yeah so I, i fly out there tomorrow friday i have two sessions already scheduled uh, I got. I have another one Saturday. Sunday, I run five miles. I mean, I, I jump right right off the plane, ready to go. But luckily for me, I kind of train year round. Here in Louisiana, I have my own private gym, and my buddies who I grew up with fighting for like the last, you know, since the beginning, now run their own gyms out here, and they have their own stable of fighters and stuff. So I'm always in the gym when I'm at uh, back home in Louisiana. Yeah, I was gonna guess that you're not like a slob when you're not, you know, in in between fights, you're you're still keeping keeping in shape. Yeah, and it's not even that, so much that. Like I, nine weeks is plenty of time to get in shape. It's it's more like the mental and uh, technical shape. Like I got to stay with the what's what's popular now. What guys are doing. I got to continue to evolve. So I'm always in the gym working on stuff. You know, working on my kickboxing, my jujitsu. I'm, I'm always trying to learn. Um, I feel like these big gaps of leveling up and fighting are between fights because when, when I go to the gym, I'm just going to be prepping for this one guy, sharpening everything I have, being prepared to go on fight night. The downtime right now I have is like I can work on stuff that I wouldn't usually do and have fun with it. You know, I'm not cutting weight at the same time, so I can enjoy it a little bit more. And uh, I'm always in the gym, man. I'm a gym gym rat. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, now, when uh, it, it was interesting, I, I saw you after that that uh, Connor trilogy fight. Okay, since I'm about to talk some shit with Dustin Poirier, let me tell you how excited I am about shitting now that I've got the HelloTushy.com Tushy Ace. Not only is it a bidet, it's an entire toilet seat with a remote control that goes right on the wall, which gives you, at the push of a button, seat temperature so you can sit down on a nice, warm toilet seat to take a big, sloppy dump. And when you're done, at the push of a button you push bum and there you go you have an adjustable blaster to wash your butthole like i mean dude it's the most incredible bidet ever for the ladies you can push a button and you've got the front blaster now when you get done cleaning up with your varying like power blaster all right then one more push of a button and you're blow drying your butthole people this thing is insane. You've got to go to hellotushy.com slash Stevo to be the first to get it because it only just came out. Oh, come on. The Tushy Ace? I mean, you're going to feel like James Bond taking a dump with this thing. It was already my favorite 
sponsor of this podcast. I love Tushy so much. And now with this thing, they've taken it to a whole new level. And if you get it at hellotushy.com slash Stevo, you get 10% off. How about that? There is not a product I have ever promoted that I am more thrilled about than the Tushy Ace from hellotushy.com. Plus, you're saving the environment when you use less toilet paper and your butthole's never, ever cleaner than when you blast it with a tushy device from hellotushy.com slash Devo. So get to blasting. And now, let's talk smack about Connor. And, you know, and there's the funny thing where he called me a crackhead, and uh, I, I obviously loved that. What well, he he said that because you picked me, right? Right, right. I was down yeah. in um, Colombia at the the stem cell spot that Masvidal went to. It's called Bio Accelerator, and uh, you know, I was actually hooked up to an IV in this funny chair, having like stem cells flushed into my, you know, my system, and. Uh, I saw like a text from Dana's office saying, hey man, can you make us a video making your pick? And I was like, yeah, right on, man. And I said, uh, you know, my pick for, for for the Connor-Dustin fight is Dustin. I said, not only is uh, Dustin, you know, uh, just a better, nicer person, but it's not even going to be close. Dustin's going to just march right through him. It's going to, you know... And so it was a little bit on the insulting side. I mean, I'm right, not right. I'm not surprised that that Connor reacted negatively to that, but at the same time, man, like he rubs me the wrong way a lot. You know, and what really rubs me the wrong way is how like it, it I don't see I don't like arrogance and and promote. I don't think fighters have to be arrogant or 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 negative or you know mean like all the trash talk. Like, I mean, I, I say that at the same time that I'm like so invested in in disliking Colby that I'm like his biggest fan, <laughs> you know. But what I told you after that Connor fight is I, I wish that there could be like a new era where like the biggest stars in MMA are people like you who have class and integrity and you know like honor and it's just like and it's so great when i said that to you you said man that's what i want for the whole world forget about fighting and like what a great what a great fucking thing yeah I, you know like the cornerstone of, of martial arts and stuff growing up was was that to learn that through martial arts to learn you know to be responsible to hold yourself accountable um honor and, and they were built on that, but at the same time, this is fist fighting. So you're gonna get all kind of different walks of life and, and all kind of stuff like that. And I try my best to, to, I mean, online is just so toxic everywhere you go. So I just, any chance I can get to, to, to try to sprinkle a little positivity in there, that's what I try to do, man. So I try to avoid that stuff, but it's fighting. So, I, and I don't want people to get like the wrong image of me. Um, I mean well, and uh, I really want the best for everyone and try to look for the for the light in bad situations. But at the same time, if I am, if I'm if you catch me out there talking trash, it's because it's real. I would never fabricate a, a disagreement or try to try to sell pay-per-views with that stuff. Maybe it's bad for business, but it's just not who I am. And, and if I'm if I'm screaming fuck you to somebody, it's because I really mean it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and and they can lick your whole asshole. <laughs> Yeah. Every every yeah, no misses. No misses. <laughs> that was great. That was a great Dustin quote. 
Yeah, like, I remember sure. I said that was in the octagon. He said anybody who uh... anybody's booing can lick my whole asshole. It's like <laughs> it's one of those moments that like the whole world's watching, and you said the perfect thing, and everybody loved you after that. You know what I mean? They... I mean, dude, I think everybody loves Dustin no matter what, dude. Like, uh, I, I don't know, man. I like it's it's tough when when you've got somebody who's like such a big such a big draw such a big star you know like you got connor and he you know i mean what he did for the sport you, you can't deny it it's like he's definitely right it, it, there's definitely a lot to be grateful for for connor but that's just how like the it, how it goes you know the 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 arena is gonna have their guy and then if you're not that guy you're you're gonna get booed but at the same time, man, I don't think anybody doesn't love you, dude. I think that I think you got a, a, a great, just, just a, a great reputation, a great everything, man. I'm fucking stoked on you. I appreciate it, man. I'm I'm thankful for the journey for sure. And I've been in the UFC for for ten years and been fighting for a while. And I had the documentary that came out when I was a young fighter. So I feel like a lot of the fan base has got to see me go from a kid to like a, a man and a father in the sport. So it's kind of a different, you know. Um, story that they got to watch with me a lot of these guys are uh, coming up or newer they make a splash on the scene for me you got to kind of see the whole thing for for the last decade right so i'm thankful for that man sure yeah. and i think that notably for you over the the 10 years in the ufc that it, like if, if you look like it was like six years ago the first connor fight like i think that there's this that there's a real argument that uh you know that he got in your head you know and that like and that that's oh, for sure he did as much as your your fighting game has evolved i think that like really just from a mental space like people can't fuck with you anymore and i think that that's like that that that's a big steve I, I i used to care so much about like fighting was my identity like that's who i cared so much about it and it's crazy like whenever you don't really care as much anymore you allow yourself to like grow and 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 evolve and you know it's it's weird you think the more you care the the better you're going to be but it's it's for me when i started letting go and like caring less about all the stuff that the more i felt comfortable yeah and, and free and and the better my career is going dead it, it, it's rad does that reflect in your training like over the past 10 years has your training and the, your approach to training changed drastically yeah it it, it it has slowly over over the years of um, you know being around key people in, in my my fighting life like Robbie Lawler was a good buddy and we were we were together a lot for a few years and I kind of learned from him like this is a guy who's I, I grew up watch fighting and he's getting ready to defend his belt again and and I'm like watching the way he does it you know he he one day he told me I, I think it was this this is kind of what started with him one day I was like nah man I can't do that tomorrow i'll have to get up at 6 a.m and, and run three miles and he he's looking at me he's like dude fighting is your, is your job why do you have to wake up at 6 a.m to run three miles why don't you just wake up when you normally wake up when your body's ready to wake up and then run the three miles i'm like god he's, he's right why am i scheduling myself and putting all this pressure on myself to wake up when the sun's coming up it's not going to make me a better fighter you know i understand if you have a full day and, and you have to a lot of things on the on the schedule and you got to squeeze time in there to get a workout in but i didn't that is my that was my day just to go run and then go to the gym in the afternoon right so small things like that like why am i busting my own balls to get this work done when it's going to get done regardless well right and, especially and depriving yourself of sleep isn't doing you any favor so i mean yeah i mean just because i, I wake up earlier than somebody and and go run doesn't mean i'm going to be you know more equipped and ready and prepared to fight i don't know man it's just been a learning process this whole thing 
uh, and, and also uh, letting my body heal. You know, when I'm running it to the ground in training camp, letting it recover. Like if I skip a night session after a hard morning session to let my, just so I can feel good, I, I do better the next day. Um, but before when I was a young fighter, I thought the more practices I got in, that's how you get better. So even though I'm hurting and this is going to be detrimental to me tomorrow, I got to go back to the gym tonight or I'm going to lose this fight. Like I was so mental about every single thing. Yeah. So like with all the wars that you've been in, like, we and I've been in some, <laughs> I mean, dude, serious, serious wars. Like it's, um, like, like what's your, how do you feel about just like the brain? Brain health is no joke, dude, especially if you've hit your head like I have. And you know what? Studies have shown that functional mushrooms like lion's mane can actually regenerate your brain. And that's why my new coffee, the only coffee I'm drinking, is called Four Sigmatic. It's made with fair trade, organic mushrooms, and you know what? It's also delicious, man. Plus, I got to deliver my new book on Friday, so I'm staying on point and working very late tonight. So let's get a whole new pot of Four Sigmatic Dark Roast firing over here. Now, they're, they're doing a special deal only for the listeners of the Wild Ride podcast, which I'm very stoked about. If you go to foursigmatic.com slash Stevo, you can get up to 40% off of any mushroom coffee bundles plus free shipping. It's unbelievable, man. I really think it's awesome because even though it's coffee, it doesn't give you that like cracked out jittery feeling. There's no gnarly crash. It's super organic and you know what else? It's easy on the gut. If you're ever like getting gnarly like like gut problems from coffee dude not with four sigmatic so come on jump on to four sigmatic.com slash stevo get this killer exclusive deal support the wild ride podcast and stay on point man like i am but hey get over to four sigmatic.com slash stevo for that killer deal and let's talk about brain health like do you feel like okay man like i just had a gnarly war like with dan hooker that was fucking crazy like i mean how many like there's countless wars that you've been in do you think like okay my, my brain just got seriously traumatized with like way more shots than any human should ever take now like six months my brain will heal like like i mean it's it's kind of a blurry line between like fucked up like brain trauma and like what it can heal from like where is that line yeah, I think the line is different with everybody, uh, depending on genetics, uh, depending on a lot of things, you know, uh, their lifestyle. But for me, I, I after fights like that, I, I do the proper things to recover. You know, I eat a lot of fats. I take a lot of supplements for the brain, like brain armor. And, uh, you know, just don't take any shots to the head until, you know, for, for months. Um, I, I try my best. But at the same time, it's like I'm a fighter. Um, how, how safe can I be? I'm doing everything I can do, but how right. safe can I be? I understand the risks when I sign these contracts, when I prepare for these fights. I understand what I'm doing. Um, if, if you know, it's fighting. Shit, I'm gonna get my head cracked a lot, you know, in, in this journey, and hopefully, I'll, genetically, I'm, I'm right. 
one of those guy, one of those guys that heal well from it. And and uh, like I said, dude, I, I try my best. I still feel good, still feel sharp. I think I have forty six fights. Uh, I still feel pretty good, but we don't ride for free. And that you know, <laughs> right. nobody rides for free, man. So right. maybe it will in the future have have an effect. But uh, I wouldn't change a thing, man. Whether I'm doing this, fighting these guys, making a living for me and my family, or I'm going clock in at an office, sitting at a desk all, right. all day, I'm sure my spine will be jacked up. I'm sure. I mean, you don't ride for free. Pick your poison. I'm having a blast. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you, man. People have always said, man, why, why, why would you do all these things, crazy things you do? And I'm like, man, in my view, like a nine-to-five job like is way scarier than any of the fucking right. dumb shit I do. Um, and, and I'm not downplaying the risks of going out there and fighting. I, I understand, you know, but but I accept it. It is what it is. Have you ever been knocked out like real, like bad, like we are out cold? Or, like, you know, I, I feel like what, what, what I've seen, you know, you take a lot of shots, but I've, I don't know that I've really seen you unconscious. I, I've been uh, flashed from Connor in that first fight. Michael Johnson flashed me in 2015. When I say flash, I mean I go down and, and it's a TKO. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on airplane snoring. mode. You know? Yeah. I'm not, yeah. Yeah. When dudes are not snoring, like, man, that's fucking tough to watch. Dude, um, yeah. Like when when uh when Masvidal hit Askren with that knee like that when yeah. you stiffen up and seize up, that's tough to watch. Yeah. Yeah. That's really that, that's really tough. Um, I, I think that when that happens, I mean, like it's a saying in 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 the fight game. You hear about people that have a glass jaw. You know, like, yeah, you, 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 I don't think you have a glass jaw. <laughs> I think you're. In... I, I don't think so either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. But uh, you know, I, I think durability over the years is something is something that does go away. I think power is the last thing to go away, and uh, durability does go away as you age. I, I, I believe yeah. that. How how old are you now? Thirty two, man. Yeah, dude. Good man, and. uh you know, like everybody talked about the UFC, you know, like fighter pay and this and that, and like, uh, but then, like a Connor fight makes so much money. Like, I, it's hard to understand, like the, like the the, the business of a Connor fight. That's just the, the exception to the rule. Like the UFC is just generous if you if you're fighting Connor. Yeah, it, it depends your contract uh, and and your negotiating skills and all these things come into a, into play, but. Yeah, dude, I passed up a, a title fight to fight Connor yeah, for the third did. time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, dude, and, and get those I, red pennies out, baby. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> I don't think anybody um, in, in the world thinks that that was a bad call. I mean, what, even Dana was up there on the on the damn podium at a press conference saying this kid's doing the right thing. You know, yeah. it, it kind of sucks because it devalues the the championship, but at the same time, dude. I want to be the world champion, but I have, I'm a provider, man. I have a family and I uh, can't do this forever. Right. And as soon as that bum knee gets healed up, I'll whip him again. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, the, uh, I tell me again, it's just such a good decision for you to do that. And I think that like, you know, the first thing I said is that I think of you as, as the world champion. I mean, sure. It's a formality. You got to go do this 25 minutes to get the belt, which like everybody feels just belongs to you already. It's kind of like, you know, like, and I don't want to like hype you up or kiss your ass, but I just think it's it, like in, in the views of the, my, my point in saying that is that in the, in the, the consciousness of, of the, you know, like the fight world, I think it's a, it, it, people see it as a foregone conclusion that you're going to win that belt. 
And, uh, you know, like. But is that scary for you to hear that mentality? December 11th. When people are like, I feel like you already won. Do you kind of like, oh, I got to ignore that because, like, I didn't win. As long as, yeah, people can feel that way. As long as I don't wake up feeling that way. Right. um, You know, I still feel. I mean, the guy is the is the champ, and he's dangerous, man. He's he's very very dangerous on the feet. He's definitely uh, especially on the ground. Well rounded fighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very very dangerous opponent. Um, so I have a lot of work to do. You know, these next nine weeks is going to be a, a lot of grinding. And on fight night, I have to be perfect, but I can do it. You know, I, I can get my hand raised and be the world champion. But during the training, like, are you visualizing every night before you go to bed, like, oh, I did already won, or is there none of that, and you're just no. focusing on fighting? I, I uh, usually lay down and visualize like ways I could win, but I'm, I'm n- nothing's you know nothing's done. Uh, yeah, day two of training, you're not doing a vision story. board. Nah, man, nah. <laughs> At night, I, I play out ways this fight could go. Maybe I clip him with the shot. Maybe uh, you know stuff a takedown or, or get back up. I just th- there's so much to mixed martial arts, and so many ways things can go. It, it's hard to so every night it's like a different scenario. But I have great coaches, man, and we break down a lot of footage, and uh, we're going to put together a big game plan, and I'm going to execute. Yeah, yeah you cool. are, dude. Fuck yeah. So, so how's the hot sauce going, man? Going good, dude. We uh, going great. We just launched the KO edition. I uh, nice. actually have them sitting right here. Dude, yeah, let's promote that. And Ben, let me tell you again, dude. It had, yeah, dude. That meant the world to me when uh, when you just done your own on your own initiative your own time you decided to go to my website and buy a bottle of my hot sauce dude and then you texted me a photo of it dude thank you for that man thank you for that and thank you for the bottle man. that you gave me in vegas you hell gave, yeah you gave me that bottle and uh and your hot sauce is delicious man i, I like to think that i that, uh i said that in in my youtube video that i made like, yeah, we uh, should send as much people as we can to your Amazon to buy the hot sauce. You got it. You, you got it on Amazon. Yeah, we're on Amazon now. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's the ticket, yeah. man. Dude, everybody right now, get on there and buy fucking Dustin Poirier's hot sauce. <laughs> yeah. Have you been a big? I, I bought yours because I'm a fan of you, obviously, and I'm a fan of cooking and a fan of hot sauce. So when I saw you had one, I was like, I gotta do this. You know, I gotta, oh, I gotta dude. see what this is about. It's, it's great. I love it. But were you a fan of sauce, or you just yeah, jumped dude, on an opportunity? Dude, what was dude, that? I have a condiment disorder. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's fucked up, man. Like uh, I, like I, I, I can't fuck with food unless it's just drenched in hot sauce or ketchup. If, like if we go to Taco Bell, he orders a separate bag of hot sauce, and then every bite gets a whole packet of hot sauce <laughs> in his mouth. He takes a bite, then a yeah. whole packet of hot sauce in his mouth. There's something about that uh, Taco Bell hot sauce packets that I kind of really dig, man. But condiments in general. And I love my own hot sauce. Yeah. And it's crazy, too, because yeah, I, came out, I came out with the, uh, the, the first one was hot sauce for your butthole. Now I have the butthole destroyer. And you've got the, the regular, or the original, and the KO. That's great. KO edition, yeah. So yeah, I need to check shot. out the destroyer, man. I need to get a bottle of that. Oh, dude, we'll, we'll, we'll send you. We'll send you a bunch. Yeah, dude. we'll send you some, and then we're gonna be Hell in Louisiana yeah. pretty soon. <laughs> oh yeah, how far away from New Orleans are you? About an hour forty-five uh, minutes. He'll probably. be in Florida. Oh yeah, he'll be in Florida. What's the date? Eleventh, November eleventh. November eleventh. Yeah. I'm coming to New Orleans, and uh, and yes. and I'm super psyched, man. That that's the first show on a on a tour bus run. So we're doing like. Didn't you get a? 
Didn't you get in some shit in Louisiana on a tour back I in the day? I did, dude. I did. And terrible. You got arrested, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> it, was, it was in Homa, yeah. Louisiana. Homa, oh, that, Louisiana. Dude, that's a, that's, Homa just got devastated by know, uh, the hurricane, man. It's, oh, it's, but uh, that's a hole in the wall. There's nothing out there in Homa, dude. Right. Terrebonne Parish. And, and, and it, was, yeah. it, was, it was pretty messed up, man. What, like, the big story, the headline was that I was, um, you know, arrested for stapling my ball sack to my leg, you know, during one of my shows that, that I did there on, a, on an old tour. Um, but the reason why that happened, like, there was, uh, you know, I, was, I would always chug a bottle of tequila during the show. And like, and I just had it there, and you know, since some someone climbed on stage and stole the bottle of tequila, and these bouncers saw it happen, and they came over and like got it back. They were just super professional, and then and in the moment, I said, "Man, these bouncers are badass, dude. Who wants to try to run across the stage past them? We'll play British Bulldog, and they're gonna fuck someone up." So this this one kid, yeah, me, me, and, and I set it up. The kid ran. And that these two bouncers, they were college football players. It was anticlimactic. The kid ran into him, and they just grabbed him. And then, like on their own deal, man, these two bouncers lifted the kid up above their heads and fucking slammed him on the stage, like on his head. And the kid was fucking twitching, and like oh. and it was all, it was fucking ugly, man. And I'm there, I'm all yeah. covered in blood and fucking like. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, like, they 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 loaded the kid up into an ambulance, and and I come <laughs> fucking back on the mic, and I'm like, that kid's being loaded into an ambulance. Is that what we came here to do? <laughs> it was just like, I mean, you know, because in my head, I, I you don't want to like, you know, like I, I'm a circus clown guy. You know, the show must go on. And like in my view, like you don't want to acknowledge that anything was wrong with that because that would be like admitting that it was wrong. So I'm like, let's play another round of British Bulldog. Like it was bad, man. And uh, and yeah, somebody, you don't want to be accessory to crime. I mean, dude, like it's exactly what you know. It's I was charged with the principal to second degree battery. It was a gnarly thing. Yeah. And there was somebody in the audience filming it. And they were like, man, that was fucked up. And they sent their videotape to the news. The news looked at the videotape and said, oh, this isn't fucking, like, news. This is a crime. And they sent it to the cops. And then by the, the cops were like, yep, this is a crime. And, uh, and, and on the video, I had my dick and my balls out, and I was stapling them. And, I, and, when, and, and you know, I, when I stapled my balls that night, I said, this is not art. This is strictly to be offensive. <laughs> as I as I stapled my balls, that like that. That's the same show. That was in the same show, dude. And and so like by the time the DA like whatever put the warrant out, I was back in LA, and and there was a one point twelve million dollar bail. Back in two thousand two, you know, like we 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 grow Damn, up, man. Dustin, dude. You were probably yeah. didn't have to grow up quite as much as I did. <laughs> that might not, that that might not be true. You spent. Some I never stapled my dick to my leg, but I've done a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude. Yeah, th th tell us about the juvie. Uh, when I was younger, um, around you know freshman high school, uh, coming out of middle school, I was getting in a lot of trouble, and I didn't do. I did four months of juvenile detention in Louisiana. That's a not, long not time. Not that long. Four it's a long stretch for a young kid, but that's. I mean, that's not hard time or anything. Did you get any fights in juvie? Yeah. For sure, man. <laughs> a few of them. Did I? When I was younger, I was getting fights everywhere. 
<laughs> because you loved fighting or because you kind of had like this chip on your shoulder or something or what what was it i don't know i think when i was a kid i think that's how i got dressed every morning before i put my shirt on i put the chip on my shoulder every morning <laughs> just pissed off at any no i don't know i just i didn't I, I wasn't starting trouble but i just like wouldn't back down from it if i saw an opportunity somebody like i, I would just kind of you know i, I would start a, i wouldn't put like just go out of my way to start a fight with somebody but if somebody was was talking crazy or something like that i, I would turn it into a fight usually mm-hmm. Yeah, you're one of those guys that you yeah. don't want to fight. I've been in a couple fights, and, like, my my thinking is, like, okay, I'm going to punch this guy as hard as I can. They're going to knock out. And, like, the sad thing is when you punch somebody and they want more, you're like, oh, fuck, dude. This guy's just going <laughs> to kick the shit out of me. I feel like you'd be one of those guys where you're just, like, the more you can punch your face, the more you like it. And that's a scary place to be. Dude, that happened to me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that, that happened to me in uh, fucking, was it Milwaukee, I feel like? Uh, I, I, and I'd been awake doing cocaine all night. I'm on fucking day day two, and now it's like, okay, I'm, I'm tired. I want to fucking crash out. And I fly into Milwaukee, and these people that pick me up, they're like, oh, no, we're taking you out to the titty bar. And I'm like, I don't want to go to the titty bar. And they're like, oh, fuck it. They, they just had me kidnapped, basically. They wouldn't take me to the hotel. <laughs> so I'm like, I go out, and, and by the and I'm at the titty bar. I don't want to be there. I ended up, I don't, I don't want to, I, I want to go fucking sleep. I'm tired now. Like, I'm over it, you know? And I'm in the car with this guy. I've got my beer. And this guy's like, oh, no, now we're going to take it to the I'm like, dude, like, I'm going to fucking piss. I'm going to, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to fucking <laughs> The guy's like, what are you gonna? F-? He goes, dude, you want the guy? We're in a car together too. The guy goes, do you, what do you? He goes, do you want? You want to fight? I go, dude, don't ask me if I want to fight. I'm holding a beer bottle. <laughs> the guy's like, yeah. <laughs> he just fucking hits me, and I realize that I'm holding a beer bottle. What am I gonna do with the fucking beer bottle? <laughs> he hit you while you're he holding did, the beer bottle. The dude beat the shit out of me. <laughs> really? You're, this he, is your driver. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was back in the day when, like, it wasn't, like, big agents booking my gigs. Right. <laughs> you know, but the driver like, you hired kidnapped you and beat you up. I mean, I didn't hire the driver. It was, oh. like, uh, the, 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 the wasted... Hired a hitman. <laughs> <laughs> you hired your own hitman. Yeah, and, dude, like, I mean, I think I might have, like, kind of tried to hit him with the beer bottle, but, dude, that's just not me, man. Did he take you home after? I mean, I, I was, I was like, I was marked up. I was marked up. I had been punched in the face multiple times. How old were you, dude? <laughs> I, I don't know, like thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin's age. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's prime. That's prime age to bounce back from an ass whooping. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, man, our buddy Theo Vaughn. Like, how, how long have you known Theo Vaughn? Well, we're both from Louisiana, um, but I would think probably around 2018 or so uh, is when we first started chatting online and then uh, texting back and forth, and then I went to his show. And, uh, yeah, probably three years we've been hanging out. Dude, he's been coming to my fights and stuff, dude. He's such a good dude. He's such a good dude, man. He's Such a good him. dude. He's good for him. I know he's working on his Netflix special, or he just finished uh, filming it, so I'm excited to see that. Yeah, I think, I think he taped it, man. And now, like, dude... He posted a picture in this theater that was like a huge, huge theater. And he was like, hey, guys, thanks for three great shows. And I'm sitting there thinking, he sold out that theater three times? God, I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah he, came out, he came out to Louisiana uh, probably a year and a half or so ago and, did, and put on a um, 
comedy event for my charity, and we oh, sold out a theater here in Lafayette, Louisiana. Yeah, it the was good awesome. Fight. Yeah, it's just the good fight. Uh, I mean, dude, there's another great thing, man. That like when, when the whole like Connor was gonna donate, but then he didn't. But then he donated to some other Louisiana charity. And your response to that was so awesome to say, like, "Hey, man, like it, it came and it, it helped the same place." You know, like you, have, you had no ego. Right. I mean, yeah, charity wins. That's what it's, it's not my money. It's not like it's going into. It's the people's money. So as long as it goes now hopefully wherever it goes that those people do the right thing with it but that's out of my hand you know but it went to louisiana charity and that's you know it sucks i had to twist his arm to get it done <laughs> dude you handled uh, that but, pretty well dude i i, I love that <laughs> thanks man yeah and like hindsight you know looking back at it all i think it was i don't know if he was ever really going to do it you know it, it's steve the, the whole story is when we and him were going to fight in uh abu dhabi for the rematch uh, McGregor Sports Entertainment reached out to to my foundation and said, "Hey, we're gonna, you know, we need the routing information. We want the tax ID, whatever it was. They wanted all the information to start the transfer of funds. This is the week of the fight, so I'm like, I go to the press conference. I'm like, shit, he's really doing. It. You know, hey, I thank him in person in front of the press. Connor, thanks for doing that. It's gonna help a lot of people. And uh, they're in touch, you know, day to day throughout fight week. I go out there, sleep slap him." And then they stop responding to emails. The money never comes through. You know, we, we were reaching out like, right. had the foundation maybe send three or three or four emails over the following yeah. next six months. That they just completely stopped responding, you know. It was a bad look. And then when, when, when you put him on blast on Twitter or whatever it was, and then he comes back and says, oh, well, you know, we looked into your charity and it's like, okay, you stupid asshole. You know, like you, you, you made this promise to, you pledged to donate to it. Like, yeah. now, and now. Like, he, 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 I got to give it to that guy though. And his damage control team, they do, I get they got, the, they get, they get their reps in, you know, they, uh, <laughs> the story they get, the story they came up with and you never sent us the breakdown of where funds were. They never, first of all, they never responded to emails after I knocked his ass out. So we couldn't send a breakdown of anything, you know, they never requested one, but it's just like the way these guys, that's what I hate so much about like the being in the spotlight game, uh, uh, fighting and the social media stuff, because people can say things or like a Kobe Covington, people can say things and the sheep listen and run to it. And now you're, you're attacking me and my foundation, which is, dude, it's just crazy. Steve, oh man, it's, it's, it's yeah. nuts. Cause like, we don't have, I mean, it's so much work we do with this foundation we don't have to you know the, the benefit i get from doing this stuff is helping people out seeing people smile it, it makes me feel good of course but that's the that's what i get out of it like it, it i take that stuff personal like with the fight talk and i'm gonna knock you out and, and f you and stuff like that i've been doing that for years whenever you guys like attack the foundation something me and my wife have worked so hard to build dude it's like what the fuck especially when people from the outside start hopping in you know yeah because like you're intelligent people you know i don't answer to, to connor i answer to the irs and myself every morning when i look in the mirror i would never put my livelihood at risk to you know what, what these guys accuse me of doing trying to funnel money through a foundation i don't even know how to do that dude right oh, I, dude, I don't, I don't think anybody to... i don't think anybody's taking like uh, any of those accusations seriously all right i have a question <laughs> right but 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 a, a great great way to like take the pressure off of you whenever i said hey where's where's the money you said you know the damage control team is is good <laughs> like i, I want to say too that like I, I was surprised 
you know, Connor's got his leg broken. Fucking Joe Rogan's, uh, you know, got the microphone in his face. And all those memes with Joe Rogan holding the microphone. Like, mm-hmm. Dude, that, that, everything that that started with the, the memes on the on Instagram was so good. But, uh, yeah, but, but while Joe Rogan's holding the microphone to Connor... And Connor starts like popping off, saying like his wife was in me DMs. It, it was just like disrespectful as fuck, you know. Like, and yeah, and I yeah. and and I, I spoke to you like immediately after that fight, and I was just like, dude, I was like, I can't like fuck that guy. Like he's like you know he talked talking shit about your wife and like you were like totally unfazed by that like uh you, you said like dude i'm not worried but my wife is rock solid like that's like there's rock like, there's, solid there's yeah. nothing there like it, it was it was, just... it was shocking to me how unfazed you were by him like being disrespectful like that and, you know and you were like what bothered me was he said he was gonna kill me <laughs> yeah that was the thing for me the wife thing i knew was I mean, here we go again, like the, the media and, and fans and stuff might not believe whatever I say. And, and and they do believe what he says. But like, I've been married 12 years, been with my wife since middle school. Like, dude, it ain't happening. You know, I, I, I know that there's no question about it. But uh, yeah, the, the, the stuff about killing us and all that, that I, I felt like that. First of all, you don't talk about people's wives or children. Right. But it's a whole nother. He's a habitual line stepper. And it's a whole nother line you step whenever you start talking about murder and stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. I think everything going on with that guy is like an actual, like really pretty strong argument that money does not make you happy. Because <laughs> dude's not acting like a happy guy. Yeah. Has, yeah. He, has he changed much? I mean, sorry to keep asking about Connor, but yeah. has he like changed significantly? No, that's off limits, man. Fire Right. You know, here's the thing, dude, and, and Khabib said it, and, and, and I heard it in a couple other places, and I think it's really pretty true, is that money does not change people. You know, like money, if you say like, oh, yeah, we got all this money, of course it's going to change. Like the fact is money just amplifies whatever you are. You know, like whatever you already are, you get, you get a ton of money, now you, you're that, but just more. You know, because like for sure, yeah. And so, like here, you know, like I think that, you know, you're you're doing pretty well for yourself, and like now you that you you you've got a a bunch of money and the ability to be more of who you already are, and you're already a good guy. So nothing changes with you. Like we can't make excuses. Thanks, man. For, yeah, we can, you can't make excuses I'm, for people being an asshole because they have money. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, I, it, it's just it's just crazy. Like not even a good guy, Steve-O, just a guy. Just a fucking guy, a husband, a father, just a guy out here. But it's so toxic in the world. You just be normal and try to be a good, you know, just do the right thing. You get a label that you're the good guy and you're trying to do, a, you know, just from being normal, being fucking tr- doing what's right. right, you know. I mean, that's how, that's how, no, I'm not saying that. Uh, I, 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 like, I appreciate your humility. And I, and I would like to go back and correct you. I don't think anybody believes in, in, in that bullshit. Like, don't even, like, give credit to, like, whatever Connor disrespectful bullshit he says about your wife. Like, nobody believes it. You know, there's no yeah. credibility there. And I, I just loved how, the, how the fan base is crazy. I'm, people believe it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I mean, what, what, yeah. what, whatever. Um, so now, like... the. The, the craziest thing about fighting is just that, like, here, you know, I mean, 32, you're in, in your prime. 
but like you get to be 36 37 you know eh, like I think probably more than anything I mean athletics in general but probably particularly fighting you want to be kind of mapping out like what what's what's the next chapter in my life like what's and it's great that you, what you're doing with the you know with the charity stuff but do you have like a like an idea of, of what you want to be working on like what you're like what later in life you want to be doing yeah i'd like to continue uh even before i, I made it like in the top 10 of the UFC and, and doing, getting these big fights. I always said I would fight till I was 35 and then have a whole nother life after fighting, you know, 30 young to, to do whatever you're going to do. I can go to, you know, go back to school for a few years and still be young and jump into another business. So I've always had the number 35 in my head. We'll see. I still feel pretty good, but I, I'd like to grow my, my hot sauce business into uh, where Poirier's Louisiana style is actually the company and we have a bunch of things under under that you know like a barbecue sauce seasonings dry rubs i'd like to turn it into a real culinary brand but on top of that dude i have a lot of stuff going on i have uh you know trying to get more properties get more into real estate yeah um, i'm trying to you know i'm just trying to be smart just, just, just be smart because i wasn't taught i'm learning on the job i wasn't taught um you know financial responsibility um Everything I've got has been over my career in fighting. You know, I, I don't come from a whole lot of money. Uh, my family, my, my, you know, so the people around me. So, but I'm breaking that mold. I, I'm, I'm going to do something with this, man. That's <laughs> great. And hey, you talk a lot about how much you love cooking. Like, is, is uh, restaurants part of the program? I would like to. I have a, a buddy who owns multiple very successful restaurants, but restaurant industry is one of the most failed business ventures yeah, out there, you know. That's and, true. Uh, I do know how to work hard and, and show up every day and make things happen, but uh, we'll see. I had an idea for a, for a traveling food show called Food Fight, and uh, yeah, we're, 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 me and Complex are shopping it around right now. So we'll see what happens with that, uh, where I go to different cities, check out local restaurants and local gyms. You know, uh, I, th I think that's a cool idea I came up with, so we're, we're trying to make it work. And that, they, like, coaching the young kids is a big thing, right? Like, you got, like, up-and-coming fighters that, that are under your wing. You've been doing that forever, right? Yeah. Yeah, for, forever. Um, but not so much, like, very young. I don't like to – I like to work with fighters who are kind of already established and know how to fight a little bit and just didn't add to it and, and share my experiences and my thoughts on combat with them. But I don't like to start on a fresh canvas. Like if it's a young yeah. kid who knows nothing, I, I don't. I don't really enjoy that. Right now in my life, I don't. Maybe it'll change in the future. But like I, I don't want to be coaching guys and, right. and and women from from nothing. I, I won't give anybody their first tattoo, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like uh, I want them, I want them to already be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the same thing, right? You don't want to like be the influence that got somebody. Fighting's not for everybody. It's man. like here's your first beer, and they die of alcoholism yeah. like five years later. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe you can uh, teach Steve how to throw yeah. a punch, though, so he never has to get in any of those situations again. Yeah, or at least how to hit someone with a beer bottle. <laughs> yeah, you like I, I don't like to start from a blank canvas, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, worse than that, dude. Like I, I'm just not like uh, I. I don't think I could. I could ever kick anybody's ass, man. So, so you ever do jujitsu? Uh, You'd no. be so good at jujitsu, dude. I might, you know, yeah, there, there were there were a couple times 
where I was faced with the reality of having to fight. And like my first instinct was like just to duck, you know, like, like, oh, someone's going to punch me like and duck. And then as soon as I ducked, I'm like, oh, well, here's this person's feet and I'd grab their feet. And then, and then, like, kind of wrestling my way out of it, where I, like, hold the guy, and then I'm like, okay, we're not going to fight, all right? Now I'll let you go. <laughs> that, that, duck that, and grab the feet. That's uh, classic. I duck and grab the feet, dude. Yeah, that, that got me Walter. out of, like... That's <laughs> your, like, bobbing weave. That, got me, that got me out of two fights. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dustin's like, God... This is horrible. <laughs> right. Why not? Theo, hey, Theo's doing jiu-jitsu now. Is out he? Out of Nashville. Oh, I'll yeah. fuck his yeah. ass up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, comedians should start Dude, fighting set MMA. It up. It'd be huge. <laughs> oh, I'll fuck his ass up. I'm like Don King over there, man. I'll, I'll get this thing on pay-per-view. Only in America. <laughs> What's Vanquish? I feel like uh, I've seen other people wearing that. Uh, they, uh, it's a, a clothing line out of out of the UK. They've been sponsoring me. Wow. Um, yeah, you've probably seen them on other fighters as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right on, man. So, so what's the rest? Of you, you said you're, you're going to Florida tomorrow. Yeah. So my daughter gets off of school here in about a little bit less than an hour. Get her back home. Make her a smoothie like we always do, and then I finish packing my bag and just kind of hang out with my family until I take off. Because, like I said. Uh, they won't be able to come with me off right off the jump with this one. I'm going to probably do close to two and a half, three weeks by myself. Right. And uh, so just spend time with my family, get ready to put the work in, man. Sweat equity. Dude, I, I'm, I'm so stoked for it, man. Like, uh, I, like, I don't want to, um, you know, give you any, like, if it's, if it's bad for me. It's one, you know, like, fighters, like, before they fight, like, I, I don't ever want to, like, hit them up or, like, you know, I want to just, like, leave them alone. And I almost feel like telling you that it's a foregone conclusion that you're going to win. Ah, you didn't. I didn't say that. Like, <laughs> I didn't say that. I think that, but I no. didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but dude, I'm definitely. I mean, I, I hope I hope you're right. But yeah. it's a theater of the unknown out there, man. The MMA gods don't give a shit about your history, your journey. It's uh, special. That, that's what makes this sport so incredible to watch. You know, you can be the biggest favorite Right. In, in history and go out there and, and get finished or, or lose a decision and just, it's fighting. Right. Do you prefer fighting uh, in front of an audience or do you like, or no audience like you did during the pandemic? I mean, what's, what's the difference? For I've you? also, during the pandemic, I only fought once. I fought Dan Hooker and it was awesome, man. It, yeah. it was like uh, more intimate. Um, I, I've said this before, like fighting is already hectic. So walking out of a tunnel and people spilling beer and yelling crazy shit at you. It only makes it like more, uh, you know, nerve wracking walking to the, the octagon. So walking through the through the uh, apex, it being quiet, I can hear my coaches. That was nice, man. It was different. Hmm. Only you know the first time I've ever done it. Yeah, that way. It was a, it was a great fight, man. I'm all, I'm always rooting for you, dude. I, I hope that like when uh, you know the. the when when you fought in the past, and 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 then like I tweet like how I'm like supporting you and and rooting for you and like what just what a class act you are, like uh, I, I'm just squarely on your side, man. I'm just so stoked to to be, be a bro. I really really <laughs> I really really appreciate it, man. Like uh, you're you're a guy that it's an honor to know, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, dude. Well, for fuck, sure. man. Like, uh, can 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 we throw any? And, and, oh, and dude, like, I wonder if, uh, if, you know, if, is there anything that we can do with the good fight? Like, if, uh, 
if they want to make the trip to to New Orleans when I'm going to be there for uh I'm sure we could I'm sure we could think of something Yeah, if they want you know? if they if they want to like come come by and uh you know, that's going to be the first that we're getting on our tour bus that we're going to be on for like the 2 weeks after that. If they uh-huh. want to like come someone wants to come even just grab some shit to auction off or something like Maybe maybe no, that would like, be incredible, man, for sure. Yeah, like uh, like I, I could try to come up with something uh, something killer to uh, to auction off for you, or we could like put something. Yeah, let's raise some money for the good fight, dude. I'm, I'm down with that, and I won't even back let's out. Let's do it, man. <laughs> yeah, <it's not> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> we'll, we'll respond to emails I'll break, right I'll away. Break your leg. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, well, man, uh, you know they're still they're still recovering down there from the hurricane and stuff. So maybe we can tie that into it and uh, get some money raised for something going on in New Orleans area. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'd love to come up with something to to, to help out. And and um, you got my number. If you want to loop in somebody from the the good fight, like just so that because yeah. you're gonna you're gonna be in Florida, just worrying about your camp. And if you want to loop me in with somebody, then then we'll, we'll come up with a fun plan to. Uh, I mean, maybe we'll even maybe, maybe we'll even like sell some tickets to the show. We'll promote the, yeah. <laughs> you know, like but let's let's hey. make some let's make some noise and, and do some cool shit for for Louisiana. That'd be great, man. Let's do it. All I'm right, totally man. in. I'll have somebody reach out to you, brother. Yeah, please do. And uh, anything else that we can draw some attention to, send people to. Uh. Yeah, yeah, man. Hot sauce. Hot sauce. Hell yeah, man. Do you want people and to buy it on Amazon? Do you want them to buy it on your website? They can go to diamondporia.com. They have a link there. Or they can go straight to heatness.com or go to Amazon, wherever you want. I love it, man. I love so. it, dude. And uh, really appreciate you, brother, man. Like, let's, let's link up as, as often as possible. I'd love to, man. I appreciate you reaching out. Yeah, and man. Thank for you for sure. the support. Yeah, December dude. 11th. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dude, man. man <laughs> you up on, man. I'm coming after you. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm setting it up. It's already done. We're gonna, I'm, I'm setting it up right now. Oh, dude, I'm going to tap his little bitch ass out. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're both pretty tall. What do you What do you weigh? Uh, dude, I'm six foot, and uh, I, yeah. sit, I sit around 170, 175. Oh, dude, man. you guys, you're... Y'all guys are in the same weight class. You're good to go. I got yeah. my money on Theo. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Later, Dustin. Yeah, right man. Take right, care, peace, Dustin. Dude. Later, brother. Bye. <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay, man. Um, I love Dustin Poirier. I really enjoyed that, man. And uh, I'm so rooting for him all the time. I also love you for sticking around to the end of the podcast. And... Uh, I absolutely have a bitchin' clean shave and even cleaner butthole, and I am super firing up this pot of coffee to work on my book, which I have to deliver on Friday. And yeah, I'm a little stressed out, but dude, I'm really gonna pull it off, man. I'm I'm making it to the finish line, and I cannot think about anything except how fucking badass it is. It's not coming out until next year, spring like right after Jackass Forever is supposed to come out. But I can tell you already, fuck, it's gnarly. Oh, my God. All right, dudes. I love you. Thank you.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.